all right thank you so much for joining me today this is episode four of the sequel cell warrior series and our guest for today is audrey mokoro she's the founder and executive director of audrey seagull foundation she's 35 years old a single mom a writer and a warrior so there's a lot she's going to be sharing with us today from being a warrior and a single mom caring for all the warriors through her foundation her a new recipe story so don't go nowhere there's a lot we're going to be talking about stick with me let's go meet our guest for today Hello, Audrey. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you so much, Mario. All right. All right. Thank you so much. So you are the executive director and founder of Audrey Sequel Cell Foundation. Yeah. And there's a lot. Yeah. And there's a lot you do with it. You, I, I would like you to tell us about it. Okay. Um, Audrey Sequel Cell Foundation was born um, in 2018, May 2018. Okay. Of what I go through because I am a self-help or self-warrior, and um, I felt the need to help the people that are going through the same thing in my locality. And so I had a plan for over a decade plus. I've been thinking how to go about it until I finally made the move in 2018. And it, it was born out of the passion to help people. Mm-hmm. You know, so I said, why not just um, help people that are going through people cell that have no body um, to speak to them? Mm. to talk about yeah. I really do not have much knowledge about it or that. Okay. So that was how I started. Basically, AFPS is about talking the less to people mm-hmm. and creating awareness and also educating those using the disorder already. Okay. It's supporting people who are doing it and also advocating for them. So we're based on four core aims, which is advocacy, support, education, and awareness. Okay. And so since 2018, till I saw you just concluded a collaboration with another foundation and Fidelity Bank. Can you tell us a little about that? Okay. Okay, I actually have collaborations with people in the past yeah. that have not passed Nigeria before now. Mm-hmm. And so this time, they felt the need to reach out to um, the warriors in the other state and they know me as a person who, you know, is continually promoting self publicity in the other state. Yeah. So they reached out to me um, that so like us to work together and help you know, get um, to reach out to the warriors in the other state. Okay. And that was how the partnership came about because I think they are the ones in direct partnership with Fidelity. Okay. So they, they called on me and said, okay, this is what we want to do. I would love to do this. One in charge, love your NGOs, the one in charge. Because I'm a known state or we're a known NGO here. Yeah. So that's why they called up on me. And we've done this for, this is not the first time. Mm. So I think the trust has already been built, and that's why they reached out to me and said we should do this. And that was over the weekend. This is on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, which was yesterday. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you are a warrior, you are 34 years old, you're a mom and there's a lot of things yeah. you're doing, not just for yourself, but for fellow warriors. So I want you yeah. to tell us a little about your journey so far. Okay, um, yeah. 
um, set to four, um, set five in June, I think it's a week from now, 25th of August. Okay. Um, set to five. Um, uh, I like to talk about my daughter. She'll be fine too. I had her when I was testing. Okay. She'll be fine the next day, 27th of August. So basically, I, I, I have had a lot of experiences, you know, negative experiences because I grew up with um, so much stigmatization, so much discrimination. Mm. I can't talk when my mates are talking. I can't mm. um, do certain things I want to do, you know, I, because people can see us as, oh, they are, we are the old king guy or two pass out set of people. So yeah. there's no need to invest in these people or there's no need to do anything with these people. Mm. You know, they're very fragile, so you do not want to have issues, so just give up um space like one of the space very far away from them. So yeah, that's that has been my experience. But all of these things, um, all of these things made me say, Okay, I am going to I am going to come out and do what I can do for yeah. people, you yeah. know. Yeah. Which um which are going through the same thing like me. Mm-hmm. And that was how I think all my all my um all the negative comments I, uh, I got, I turned it into what caught me up to this point. Yeah. I've gone to school, I finished from University of Benin, oh. ten. I, yeah, I worked for a while. Um, I, I've been teaching, I've been a teacher, I'm a genetic counselor, I'm a mom, I'm a chef, you know, I'm a typist. You know, I've done a lot of this, I've rolled up all the things into making myself better to get to the point and I'm still, you know, developing. So there's there's a lot to us. It's just that our bodies built differently and um, we, it's not like we were were carrying um, death sentences on our head. Mm-hmm. Food dies, you know, you've got to have the final say. Yeah. But while, while you are on this kind of journey, while you are um, living with a chronic illness, mm-hmm. you try to, you know, build yourself to a capacity where people say and say, oh, wow, definitely, with all of this, they should be able to, yeah. you know, they've been able to achieve or do so much, you know. So that was what I did. And I said, why not speak out for people that don't even have a voice? Yeah. Which is why the best of ASEAN so the hardest plan uh, even if I got into the university I had a thought but mm. that didn't show that thought into me and I started working with that from a very young age okay. so here we are physical is not a a best sentence as people say once you know your struggle once you know how your body works you know you know you know what to do at any point in time yeah. and that's how I got there got here. So when I know I'm exhausted, when I know I need medical attention, I don't wait for um, it to knock me down. Once I know my body is not really, really um, 100%, I just relax and, you know, really need to and it keeps moving on. Mm-hmm. When you find the technology, yes. you know, when you have the knowledge of something, it becomes, the journey becomes easier. Yeah, yeah. Um, you already know what okay. and of course, the God factor, you know, we all rely on God and say, God, help me do this, help me go through this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, God Factor plays a big role in my life and that of my daughter and everything like this. Yeah. So, you being a mom for four years now, how is it like? That's a, a that's one thing I wouldn't want to train for anything. Yeah. yeah, it's not been easy doing it alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but 
Um, I think I kind of like the experience. Yeah. So that sometimes I'll get all, you know, off top and feel like, oh, what am I doing? You know, like, she's not mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. So it's going to be nice to have somebody, you know, beside me, do this to me. But um, the experience above all, you know, seeing my daughter, seeing her grow, mm-hmm. uh, thinking of what, what we've been through all this time, you know, something I will not want to trade for anything. Yeah. And I think I, I think I, there's, a, there's, a, there's a reason why it's like this because I feel that God already knows I can do this and He gave it to me, He dealt with the card. Of course, of course. He, he knows I can handle it. Yeah. So I appreciate every every time with her. I, I, I really cherish um, every moment. Yeah. It's something that it's not be easy. There are times I want to be with her, but my health says, you know, you can't be here, you can't be doing this right now. So I, I, I leave her to my mom, okay. you know, my parents, and I'm going to take care of myself. There are times where she will cry and want my attention, then, you know, I can't do it. I think I should stop breastfeeding her when she was four months because of health reasons. Mm. Because, yeah, this blog and you've shared so much on your blog. I want you to tell us about your school days. Your, let's start with your primary school days. You talked about how you were being cared for by your parents, letting the school authorities know about your health and um, not being bullied and all that because your parents did the needful for every school they took yeah. you to or registered you. So, I want you to tell us about your primary school days. Okay, um, my family school days, my family school days, yeah, it was, it was interesting because I was young, you know, I didn't know what it was to be bullied, I didn't know what it was to be stigmatized, mm. you know, what happened to me. I didn't know that was what it was, you know. So, yeah. Because it was mostly in, um, I, must, I went to a private school at a point. My parents are teachers. Yeah. And so they, I think doctors have always advised that they should let, let um, my guardians, let my teachers know who I am so they don't punish me or treat me the same way or treat other people. Mm. And so far, that has worked for me at this, at this I this young kids when I was in primary school, it really works for me because I get to be exempted from certain activities and I get to be treated with so much um, attention and care. Mm. But um, I think when I left, when I left and went to a government school at that primary school, primary school of four, about even though it was a government school, I still had that um, a little bit of care and yeah. you know pampering. But mm. it wasn't as compared to primary school, you know. Of course, of course. Watching your back and all, but once the teachers are no longer school as closed for government school, yeah, everybody you know is survivor of the fittest, yeah. Yeah, so I had to start struggling, you know, to, to myself and people from that time. So mm. it was then I really knew what it was to be bullied and, you know, um, I knew what it was to be um, discriminated against. So they having this of the um, discrimination and attack from different places. Why, why would I be exempted from court 
I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I told you so, government school in Nigeria. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I I really had I had issues. Yeah. Even till my secondary school days, my university days, even till tomorrow, I'm still having issues. But now I think I'm in a better way. Uh, I think I'm better positioned to handle them. So what will around me of 20 years ago, I don't think it's even going to raise a hair on my body right mm. now because I already have, you know, have the experience and I know what to do about certain situations. Yeah. But practically, it was fine. It was fine. It was a city system. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So about your secondary school days, you talked about how you were withdrawn, you were mute, shy, you felt bullied, all the name callings and all that. How were you able to deal with that? Mm. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't deal with it very much. I think that left a huge, um, that left a huge problem to me. You know, it made me become one aggressive person naturally. So mm. before you even say, say something, I already know where you're heading. I already know why you're reacting this way because I think it's something I can't stand. I become very defensive, you know, trying to defend myself. I become very yeah, yeah. aggressive at all, you know, mm. all of that. It wasn't really, um, it wasn't really easy. Because I had to, I had to, I had to, to react to every everything that came my way. Mm. So that aggression um, stood with me, and I think I still have some a bit of it till now. Mm. So, but it wasn't really, it wasn't really something that I loved to go through again. Because I went to, I went to government school, like I said, from primary yeah. four. It's now government school, so it was different, you know. Mm. It, it was really, really different. But I had a few friends that understood me, you know, even though their parents were against me, you know, mm. um, not like against me, per se, but or just to try to protect their kids. Yeah. We're having issues with me. Mm. And say, oh, that person is a warrior or a typical person. Be careful. Mm. I don't mm. say, you know, I don't want anything to happen, you know. That and they will say you are the one. Yeah, so I, I, don't, I, I don't think it's something I'd like to Again, it's not a funny thing. It made me become a very withdrawn person. Mm. It made me one aggressive person. It made me okay. I'm on the street. I have to fight for myself. Mm. You know that kind of um, grand attitude. I have to put myself. So yeah. it was not. It was not a funny one at all. I think. I think in my GS three, you know, I had issues. Yeah, I had to fight. Mm. My SS three, SS two, I had to fight. And even in my um, primary six. Okay, but your university days was totally different. Yeah, my university days, of course, as we grow older, you, we grow older, we tend to know, okay, this is what is happening, this is what happens from time to Yeah. Let's have to do it this way, let's have to handle it this way. So my university days, yes, I still had, of course, as a single cell warrior, whether you've grown into handling a situation or not, you still have people bully you or people want to. Of course. To meet against you. Mm, yeah. mm. So 
My second, my university days, my lecturers even, some of them were doing, some of them were, oh, you have come again at the UNS school mm. some days ago. Mm. Your madness has started. This mm. kind of comment. Yeah. You know, I had it, I had it from lecturers, I had it from friends, the people that really were not close to me, just mm. so to say. So, but I think I handled it better. And at the point, I think in my 300 level, I had my friend, my very close friend, his name is Amino, who came around and he was really with me in school. Like, he was in the same environment, so it was mm. easy for him to have my back at all times. Mm. At the point, he was called my bodyguard and all. So, there were a times where I was having issues. He was dead to say, can't take this, I can't stand this. So, mm. maybe he wanted to, you know, do the um, clap back and all, all of that. Yeah. So, yeah, my, my university days was a little bit, it was dead. Of, so to say, mm. I like I said, I had somebody, and I also knew that I've grown a bit. Mm. And it was the way to handle certain situations, and it wasn't like the first time or my second day. So I think it was a, a, a bit better, even mm. though the um, campus was a small campus. I studied at the University of Berlin, and there two campuses. One was at the Kenwan campus. It was small place. Everybody knows everybody, yeah. and everybody knew that this. Oh, this girl that will soon die, you know, that kind of a thing. Mm. But it's still been me, um, I still had one of them who knew what it was and said, Oh, I'm going to stay here by you, I'm going to do this, I'm going to help you out. Yeah. It was, it was a lot better than university. Okay, okay. So let's talk about uh, the workplace. Has there been any discriminations and how did you oh. handle it? Yeah, there's been discrimination. Like I said, it, it, it continues to it just, it just, you just grow, manage your situation or manage what, whatever comes. And mm. why that, you know how to deal with them. Yeah. There was, I can remember when I just finished my mid services, I was deployed to, I was originally posted to Sarawak State and I stayed there for about four months. Mm. And I left uh, because that was the answer. So my parents were being worried and I had to redeploy back to um Papakos. Yeah. And after I was done my new service, I applied for jobs in different places. I wasn't suggesting any but some people said, Oh, even with this and you can speak well, you can do you actually a smart person, you know, mm-hmm. you interview, they get to know you. I say, Oh wow, I would rather try give you a try than this let you go. Yeah. And so there were a few persons that did that for me in Porta Court. Um I would not want to okay, let me let me say Shining Light School Porta Court was one of them mm. and yeah, School was one of them also. I think I stayed in Hensula School for about a year plus till I had a better option and I left them. I was like all second in command yeah. while I was there because I got to the point where they knew I had something to offer and mm. they really wanted me around. Yeah. So that was for those people. They actually treated me, Chinese like treated me with so much um she didn't treat me like uh, oh you are FS so don't, don't do this, yeah. Be sure. Can you handle this? Mm. Yes, I can. Okay, go ahead. Oh. I was at the point, their dance teacher, their choreographer, I did all of the things I could do to make the business at the time I was there. Mm. But one experience I will not forget was there to be for I think uh, my opening up to them that 
that um, typical person, maybe needs the opportunity in working with them after that time. So there are people that will just say, I'm saying, no, I, don't, I can't do I don't want to do something. Let me quote you there. Did you mention yeah. the name of the school? Yes, I did. I think I it's... mentioned the name of the school, the names of the school. Yeah, I think it would not be appropriate to mention the name of the school that didn't treat you well. No, I didn't. No, I didn't mention the names that didn't treat me well. Okay. I mentioned the names of the two that treated me well. Mm, okay, okay, okay. I just wanted to be sure. Okay. Okay. So, okay. so um, um, that was how I got a disappointment um, letter or a disappointment shock or a shock of DSPV and some other person where I applied to work in Porta Costo. But I stayed there and did other things to make sure I was able to provide for myself and, you know, do my little support to my family at the time. Yeah. And yeah, work has not really been easy. Still, same routine of discrimination. Oh, this one, she's not, but well, I don't think I can take her. Oh, this one, um, she doesn't look like she can do the job. Mm. So, so that, that, after, after having that experience for about five, six, almost seven years, I said, no, there's no need. Let me just delve into, you know, something um, I'll do for myself. Yeah. And that was how I started doing little business on the side. I went into my typing business and graphics, doing graphic design for people. Okay. Yeah, which was what I was doing at the point. I got a contract job pitch to particular students, SS1 students, literature and English language was on a contract basis. Mm. Um, I also, in the process, got to go for my genetic counseling, some of the counselor and do that for people um, that are living with particular Okay. So I just felt that no need being in the employment phase anymore. Let me just, you know, build myself. Mm. And, like mm. and that was I started my, my typing business, my mm. contract teaching and, you know, other things that I could do by the side. Cooking is also one of them. Okay, okay. So let's talk about your parents. How was it like for them? Uh, or how is it like for them? That's still alive. Uh, yeah, it's been a struggle for them. Um, you know, it was with them. Especially when they were much younger, it was because I'm the second born. My elder brother doesn't have issues. Mm. I'm the only one who has the issue and will sleep. Mm. So it was really new to them. Any little thing, they start looking, looking for ways to make it better, looking for advice from people, from professionals and non-professionals, mm. um, trying to, you know, um, setting, you know, um, disputes or, you know, that kind of bit of mocking somebody, mocking your child, because yeah. the child is, is doing the child less of a human than mm. compared to others. So it was really um, difficult for them. But as time went by, we grew all of I think we all grew into it. And especially when I started um, to learn about sickle cell after my university days, I think I went, I read a lot about it and mm-hmm. I began to understand myself and explain myself, my health conditions then. So they, they, they now have a better understanding of what it is and how to manage the situation. So they even already, um, they've already uh, made, made, you know, made a better parenting uh, in these later days mm-hmm. as compared when I was growing up when I was a teenager and now I think this time because now the thing and the now the work that what it is on how serious it comes. That is if it comes 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it was you were the one that found out that this is what it is. You were you were not told that this is what it is. I was told. I was told from uh, um, the discovered from A three. Okay. You know, they were just sharing things from the surface. Okay, they didn't really have it. I mean, knowledge. Yeah. Of what it was, just what um, they go to the hospital. The basic knowledge is just explained to me. Mm. What was doing, and my mom's elder sister, uh, she's she's now. She actually helps my mom. You know, um, do it like they give her lots of water, let her rest. Mm. Mm. You know, she's not. She wasn't always there. So those little times where okay, the pressure is overwhelming. Probably I'm in the hospital for three days or one week mm. or a month, and they still you still feel their faith in them that oh they're frustrated, oh they're feeling down. Mm. But right now, when I got into, um, I had an in-depth knowledge and I started doing a lot of research and to know what it is. Yeah, you know, and now I explain to them, oh, this thing that happened the other time, what it is, what cost it, the condition that this kind of happened, yeah, that is what was supposed to be. So now it's it's like, oh, because I'm in the faith, I'm fully an advocate. Mm. I have educated them, or I'm educating them Mm. on what it was that happened in the past and what it is Mm. that we're experiencing as as well. Yeah. So you, you, you shared a story on your blog, uh, uh, you, a new racist story on your blog, and you talked about how you were able to overcome it with time and how your parents dealt with it yeah. at that time. So I would like you to tell us about that. Okay. Um, yeah, that's one of my, that's just, of all the stories I have, that's the one I like to suggest because I see it happening even now, you know. Mm. When I was growing up, my parents, my parents used to, used to child. Yeah, and they tend to blame the child. 
So, tell us about some do's and don'ts about persons with sickle cell. All right. For persons with sickle cell, um, persons with sickle cell, it, there's a whole lot we need to know and there's a whole lot we need to avoid. Mm. I'll, I'll start with the don'ts. Um, as a warrior, we'll know that cold, extreme weather conditions is not good for us. Okay. We know that we don't need, we don't need to stay under the sun for long or we don't need to do um, rigorous exercises because we also think that we're burning a lot of calories and we're getting dehydrated in the process and dehydration triggers crisis. Mm. You know, um, hot weather condition, whether you're walking under the sun, whether you're driving, whatever you're doing, along the weather is hot, try to take lots of water because when you get to a point where you're dehydrated, you will come down with a crisis. Mm. Actually, um, cold, not also good for us. Cold water, it's not very good so you study what the weather station is like mm-hmm. and you do what will fix your system at the time. Infection, try to away from infection. It could be UCIs, any kind of infection. Okay. Just make sure to stay away from infection because it triggers crisis and it drains us at blood levels. Okay. It's very, very fast. So we need to stay away from infection. Watch what you eat. You know, that's what you eat very well. Take care of very hygienic person. So you don't come down with poisoning or whatever kind of infection there is. Okay. And also, rigorous exercise, like I said, if it's not good for life exercise, walk down the stairs, it's enough exercise space. Mm. Um, centrally, too, when you're having sex, of course, you know, sex is also, people don't like talking about it. Yeah. Well, I do like talking about it because I've had the experience over and over again. Mm. Um, when you when you when you're having fun or with your partner, let them understand that this is you. You know, there are certain things you can't do. Mm. You should not expect you to do in the bedroom mm. because it's going to trigger questions for you. I've had to 
have to have issues with food and food. So if you know that, oh, I don't like that much, I don't know, I can eat six lots of snacks. Mm. You know, you can eat this thing for talking with snacks and water. Then also, for those that can sleep, for me, I, I don't really sleep that much. So once the sleep comes, I try to, you know, utilize it at that time. Okay. And I also use the cold now. I use chicken eggs. It's medicine. Mm. So, because I need to rest. Especially when I'm exhausted. Otherwise, I'll go into excited. mind and all that. Especially in a society like Nigeria, we've heard a lot of myths about persons with a uh, sickle cell. And there's one I would like you to debunk. There's one I would like you to debunk that has to do with uh, persons with sickle cell, making sure they get married on time or they give birth on time just in case because uh, we know they are not going to live long. So let them have a child so that when they are gone, there will be something to remember them for. So I want you to debunk this myth, this meat, sorry. I want you to debunk this meat because you are a mother. Yeah, um, no, this is not really me. I think what, what people are trying to say is, okay, because we don't know when anybody can die. So I think if it, they feel that if you have a child, the child will carry your name and all of them. Mm. This pressure to want to get married or go into a 
to tell us two things you wish people know about persons with sickle cell. Okay, um, persons with sickle cell are extremely smart mm-hmm. and they are very, they are very smart people. They, they, they are goal-oriented, especially for the ones that um, manage to build themselves above sickle cell. Mm-hmm. So like, for instance, going to coming out with a degree and even doing something meaningful with themselves. So you don't judge, don't, don't judge a book by cover. Yeah. Knowledge, I am able to support whatever is coming uh, as, as soon as it comes with um, the 
grace of God and you know management, proper management, killed through. We recently had a warrior, uh, one of the oldest warriors in Nigeria. Because I don't, I don't say the whole world. Mm. She died at ninety four, mm. three months ago. Mm. So she had about five or six kids and a lot of grandkids. So if somebody can with sickle cell can live even in a time when science was not this better, you know, live to old age. So who are you to say somebody can only have twenty one, twenty, mm-hmm. twenty or eighteen, you know? So it's all management and you know, um, knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. True. Knowledge is key. Thank you so much, Audrey Mukuru, for joining us on the show and for sharing your story with us. And thank you for all that you do as a warrior and all you do with your page, reaching out to other warriors, sharing your stories with them, encouraging them. We are so glad to have you on the show today. Thank you so much, Audrey. Thank you for your opportunity. Thank you. Uh, all right. Thank you thank so you much, much and have a nice day. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. All right. Thank you for joining me. Yes, you've heard it all from our guest for today. If you've been following this series, you would know that each and every one of my guests, they all have their different stories. Yes, they are all sequel cell warriors, but their stories are different. And that is the reason why we're bringing you this story so that you will get to know more about persons with sequel cell. All right, remember you can join the conversation online by using the hashtag Dear Podcast on Instagram at Dear Podcast on Twitter at Edoma Podcast on Facebook, The Edoma Podcast. Remember, you can also support this podcast by using the link on the show notes. And everything you need to know about our guests for today is right there on the show notes. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for staying with me this far. And it's now time to say goodbye.